busts out the dankest of the dank. Rolls them up. Passes around some news stories for us to consume. And we all expand our minds a little bit. Underneath John's news stories, I'll play some lullaby versions of popular songs. If you'd like to guess them, you may certainly do that. Here's John Setting. being brought to you by Uptograph Laser Vision. I am really getting to settle into my new eyeballs, enjoying the life of a man who can wear any sunglasses he may find at any gas station uh, or anywhere. I can walk outside when it's raining and humid and not have my glasses fogged up. I don't have to stick my fingers in my eyeballs to put in contacts. And that's because the LASIK surgery that was performed by Dr. Uptograph, a.k.a. the GOAT, of LASIK. He is the third doctor to ever perform the procedure in the United States of America. He created a lot of the technology that all the other doctors are using around the country, around the world. So if you're going to get LASIK, if you're thinking about it, get it done by the best of the best. And they're currently offering $1,000 off LASIK. Consultations are free. So call today, 727-551-2020 or book online at www.lasik4me.com. So Dexter is coming back. Uh, Obviously, we know that the Dexter New Blood season is coming out in November. So I thought this was pretty fun. If you happen to be listening uh, and you're in the middle of Dexter, spoiler alert, I guess. Uh, But Michael C. Hall did a sit-down interview where he gave his top four episodes that you must watch before digging in to the premiere of New Blood. Uh, And I thought it was pretty interesting. Obviously, first and foremost, Dexter... Season one, episode one. Michael C. Hall says, when I got the pilot script, my first thought was, wow, I don't think this is going to work. And when I would tell people about what I was up to, they would say, oh, wow, good luck with that. Uh, But it allowed me to keep working and telling stories that I felt were worth telling. The second must-watch Dexter episode before you watch the new season, uh, season one, episode two. Dexter makes a fundamental discovery about his origins, and if nothing else, I love it. This is in the words of Michael C. Hall. I love it because I got to do this really fun face plant into a room full of blood. Oh. Third option, season three, episode 10. And I almost forgot about this character in the show. Uh, Michael C. Hall says, I really love the the episode in season three where Dexter and Miguel Prada, who was played by Jimmy Smits, end up having a face-off on the roof of a building downtown. And Jimmy Smits does this amazing thing where he makes this gesture while he's yelling at Dexter that always just stuck in my mind. And this is a given. You had to imagine it was going to be on the list. And I think it says a lot that Michael C. Hall did not include the series finale on his list, but he does include season four finale, episode 12, The Getaway, which if you've never seen the show, the entire the entire thing oh. is worth it based on this single episode. Michael C. Hall says, and then I would have to say the finale of season four. If you haven't seen the show yet, I won't say anything more than that. And again, I recommend that you watch all episodes leading up to that, but you'll see what I mean. Poor Rita. Is this show going to get retribution? Is this show going to 
right the wrongs that were done in the finale, or is too much time passed that has the luster too gone uh, to believe oh. that, that it's going to get to truly write a new ending for a story that had such a long run? I don't think it'll write a new ending, but it'll be a nice little companion piece. Uh, Dexter New Blood debuts on Showtime November 7th. Cool. So that's pretty exciting. By the way, did you watch the new uh, Billions? No, no, neither did I. Okay, okay, good. Okay, good. Yeah, we can we can watch that uh, tonight. We can watch it tonight. Yeah, okay, good. Uh, the free Britney movement moving along quite quickly. Uh, she she's on her way to being free. Her father is now in the act of giving up the conservatorship completely. Uh, she's posting pictures of her breast and her bare ass all over the internet. And now she bought a new car. Uh, and the next thing, it's official. Britney's engaged. He asked her to be his wife after dating for five years, and Sam Ashigari heard the call to protect his assets after fans questioned if there would be a prenup agreement in the works with new fiance Britney Spears. The 27-year-old fitness trainer joked he has an ironclad prenup to protect not only his car, but also his collections of shoes after surprising Britney with a romantic proposal at her home over the weekend, uh, shortly after Britney announced the news on her social platforms, fan made sure to remind uh, the the star that she should get a prenup in place immediately. Not about everybody it. is so, and I and I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer here. I'm not trying to be the anti-free Britney guy, but she's making a lot of big decisions immediately. So, like, what if this? Wouldn't it just be terrible if everybody fought for free Britney, free Britney, free Britney, and her dad just became so enraged without anybody believing him that he said, okay, I'll free Britney? Because I believe he thinks this guy wants to steal all of her money. Right. So what if this man that she just agreed to get married to is as evil as her father thinks that he is, and he only is stepping back to prove himself right? Oops. I mean, that's... It's a sad tale to think that it might go down that way, but also possible. Hope it's wrong. It's one thing if you want to, you know, flash your hog to a rando when you're driving, you know, down the street. It's another situation when you want to target people that are out working. And that's exactly what's happened out in Orlando. A Florida man has been arrested after exposing himself multiple times over a week span to toll booth collectors. I thought they did away with toll booths, by the way. Uh, me too. I thought they just had the sun pass. I guess not in Orlando. I guess they haven't done it away all, uh, at least all the way up there. The Florida Highway Patrol arrest report says 41-year-old Mark Filia was booked into the Osceola County Jail on Saturday. Troopers say Filia. That's, that's got to be a joke. That's the best. That's the best D's nuts setup ever. Troopers say Filia. Exposed himself seven times on three different days around 7 a.m. What are you? Can you wake up early and be ready to flash your no, hot? That's an tr- all night kind of thing. You think so? Yeah. <sighs> Toll workers told troopers that Phil Yah had no clothes on and was showing his privates. According to the arrest report, he was identified through a photo comparison and his identity matched. He is facing seven charges of exposure of sexual organs. There's got to be some booze in there because even when we run through the checklist of why a person shows their hog, first, shock. Shock and awe, and they want to victimize somebody by taking away their freedom of choice to see a hog. Right. Second, an offering where you find your hog to be so amazing and appetizing that you think if you flash it, someone's going to want some of it. But when you're doing it to a toll booth worker, you're really trying to get caught. You have to grasp you're on camera, and you have to grasp that these people are going to report you. Right. So I think we've got a rogue hog shower here who may have been honestly looking to get caught 
And really, his hog was just part of the plan. I'll buy that. I've got the first of two terrible missing persons scenarios, both very bizarre and Hopefully, there'll be some closure coming up. But when you start thinking about what has to happen uh, for these things to unfold, let's hope the ending is, uh, is, is happier than the thoughts that run through your mind. For four weeks, a Pasco County father of four has been missing. Jason Winokur, his wife Renee, and four children drove up to Tallahassee from their Lando Lakes home on August 17th to drop off their oldest daughter at college. So they do that. They, they get her settled in and all that. Around 1 a.m. the next morning, he wakes up from a dead sleep. Okay. His wife says he got up. He was definitely very groggy. He got dressed, grabbed his wallet, and left. She says, and I just thought I didn't really think much of it. I didn't know what was going on at the time, but he was irritable. He never returned. Never. Never returned. When he didn't return, she called the Tallahassee Police Department. A police representative is telling uh, eight on your side, there is still an active missing persons case. The police with their dogs have searched one mile area around the hotel. They have used cadaver dogs. They've used drones and they've used dogs specific to his scent, but they haven't been able to pick up a single trail. Winokur says her husband didn't have keys to a car. He left with his wallet. But there has not been a single credit card or debit card activity and not a single phone call since he left. She says it's like he could have fallen into a dumpster or was assaulted. Could he have been hit over the head? Does he have amnesia? The wife says, I mean, your mind just runs wild with possibilities. She says she's extremely concerned for the couple's four children. I know that we're all still hoping that he can be found. There is something. This is something so life changing. Will we ever make sense of it? I just worry about them. So. Was this on campus or off I campus? I believe they were off campus. They were staying at a hotel, I believe. So weird. I mean, it's one th- not that I mean this is gonna sound weird, but it's it's one thing when when a someone younger, a female, like who is out there potentially prowling on an on an older guy. Right. So then you have to wonder, did this guy just decide did he have a decision? I just put my daughter into college and now I'm gonna go live a life of my own? You would probably have to have Money stashed away, fake passports, fake IDs to get to another country or something. But the idea of a loved one going missing is so terrifying, especially for these people whose family member goes missing and they never, ever find them. Right. Because then you don't you don't get closure. You don't get you don't get anything. Your mind is probably nine out of ten times far worse than whatever could possibly happen. Uh, police are begging for the public's help. Uh, Tallahassee Police Department, 850-891-4200. It's just your dad just gets up and walks out at 1 o'clock in the morning, and then uh, man, never to be seen again. Four weeks later. They'll find him. Hey, well, what if he pops up? What if dad pops up? Is that is that disownable? Like, let's say the dad pops up and goes, you know what? I just... I had a midlife crisis of sorts. I put my daughter into college, and I just looking at you guys, and I just, I just thought I wanted to try a new life, and I just left. Does he get welcome back into the house, or is that? Uh, you, you know, I think there anymore. are questions that need answered first. Yeah, and I hope. What do you hope for then for the family? You almost are hoping that he just decided right. to get up and walk out. 
Because the other alternatives are, uh, are not are, good. Are bad. Yeah. Very, very bad. Uh, Ronnie D, he's all over the place this morning. We saw him as we were walking into the studio, uh, standing on the Howard Franklin Bridge, giving a speech there. Uh, but also on Monday, he slammed President Biden's COVID vaccine mandates as not following science on the natural immunity people acquire from already being infected. These mandates, this is not about science, the Republican governor said. And I have some audio uh, from Ronnie D just a short time ago where he, everybody wants to find everybody. Like, I, I just don't know that if you're trying to talk about how bad the other side is for wanting to find people by then telling people how you're going to find people. Something seems to be lost. Here's Ron. Session. Uh, SB 2006 uh, that did a lot of different things. Um, it, it prevented uh, private businesses from requiring proof of vaccination to just do normal things like go to a movie or go to a restaurant, vaccine passports. Uh, but that also applied uh, to government agencies. And so if a government agency in the state of Florida uh, forces uh, a vaccine as a condition to employment, that violates Florida law, and you will face. Pop the crowd. Like CM Punk's return. It's a Road Warriors pop. <laughs> and you will face a $5,000 fine for every single violation. And so if you look at uh, places here um, in Alachua County, like the city of Gainesville, I mean, that's millions and millions of dollars potentially in fines. Orange County, many, many more than that. Um, at the end of the day, you know, look, we did a lot in Florida. I just, everybody's got their opinion, but mm. I hate taking money from anybody at a time where I think we're still vulnerable financially. I mean, inflation is insane. People can't even buy a damn house in the state of Florida right now. And I, I obviously hate the idea of, of a small business being fined $14,000 if they don't get everyone vaccinated, but I also hate the idea of any business being fined any amount of money for making people get vaccinated. Right. So I don't know just the idea of including money and punishment in that form at a time when I think we're not quite right. It seems wrong. Like, okay. like, and I don't know how, I guess that's it. I guess that's all that people react to is money, but who, who are you going to give your money to? What, who do you want to be fined by? Nobody. The, the government or the state you right. decide. Nobody. So it was a wild weekend of sports. Obviously, it was very, very nice uh, to, be, to have the NFL back. Uh, we're going to dig into uh, what happened with Jameis Winston yesterday and the Packers during It's Okay, It's Not Okay. I wouldn't say that I have a grievance with Florida State, but I will say that Florida State fans, from my personal experience, present themselves as the worst Florida fans. When it comes to Gators and it comes to Florida State, and it probably has a lot to do with the Jameis era in Tampa because I felt there was a lot of blind love for Jameis. Um, Jacksonville State somehow beat Florida State on the final play of the game. Wow. All hope of a Jacksonville State upset appeared to be lost when the Gamecocks had a fourth down with six seconds left at their own 41-yard line. But Zarek Cooper threw a deep pass to Damon. This can't be true. You know his middle name? Uh-uh. Phil Yaw. Something's going on today. Uh, Damon Philya Johnson, uh, and he did the rest of the work. Uh, just for fun, for the Florida State fans out there, here's the local call of what happened uh, <laughs> to Florida State. Snap the Cooper. Looking down the field. He's got a man. Caught it. 
He's free. Phil Yall Johnson at the 10. At the 5. Touchdown. I don't know. I'm not a, a expert on college football at all, but it seems more than any other sport that COVID knocked them off their axis to the point to where nothing makes sense anymore. Like it discombobulated so many things that that everything that seemed normal and what would normally happen, the opposite is happening now. They had that right. bizarre season last year where some teams played, some didn't, uh, even some teams within certain conferences were playing why others weren't that it seemed so bizarre and just as early as it is now it's like college football was just jumbled all about and you now have new great teams and teams that were great might not be great anymore and I don't know what the actual happenings were that led to that but more than any other sport COVID seems like it changed college football and who's good and who's not and I don't know if the money aspect now being dabbled in, in with with college football has anything to do with it, but it's a uh, it's very very interesting to see these major teams kind of get beat up on one by one uh, by teams that should never have a chance. If you're that dude who planned to propose to your girlfriend after the game, oh no, and you're you play for FSU and then they lose to like a minor league employee uh, 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 opponent, do you still go through the proposal after the game? Because I sure don't. No, no. Absolutely not. That's a bad look. Absolutely not. I mean, what was so time sensitive about it? I don't know. And the other thing that's crazy is that these teams, from what I understand, they get paid to come there and get beat. These are big nights. I don't know if was it their homecoming game or what, but usually oh. for big occasions or to kick off the season or whatever, they have home openers. They pay small teams to come there, and and it's just a an understood thing. We're we're doing this so that we can beat you and have a fun night. And then you pay them all that money, and they come they come to your place, and they beat you in the last minute in heartbreaking fashion. Oh, brutal. Stories like these, I, you see them on episodes of Cops, and it's hard to believe that it's even true. It is one of the most uh, tragic examples of our drug problem in the United States of America. And this story uh, is local right here in St. Petersburg. Uh, and when you realize what a drug can do to a person in regards to taking away the thought and care they can have for their own child. St. Petersburg police arrested a couple after they say the suspects were found passed out in a truck with a child after doing drugs. According to the affidavits, Nicholas Hankel and Brandy Carico were found unconscious in a Ford pickup truck with their four-year-old child unrestrained in the back seat. After several minutes, the couple woke up with bloodshot eyes and slurred speech, according to police. Police said the couple admitted to snorting cocaine and fentanyl and following it up with some liquor and then driving with the child. The couple parked their car in a gas station parking lot on, on 34th Street, according to the documents. The two now face charges for child neglect of, or, or I'm sorry, charges for neglect of a child. A Carico also faces charge for driving under the influence. Jesus. Man. I mean, if that's not just... You want to think that underneath everybody, there's somewhat of a good human being. Right. So not not that they deserve a pass, but I, I think that a lot of the that is the addiction, the the addled mind that can that can bring you peace and think it, and, and make a person think it's okay to be in a car like that. And to the point to where you're passed out, you've got a four year old roaming around the back seat. 
Yeah, I don't think they ever think it's okay. I just think they're so ruled by their addiction that they don't factor in anything else. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, and, and, I mean, really, it's kind of the same thing. It's yeah. that not that it's okay, but that nothing else matters. That's exactly And that you'll put everything else on the back burner. So people like that, you hope, you really hope that they can get help and, and turn it around because they say that rock bottom is where everybody's got to make that decision. And I would think that uh, rock bottom is is pretty close to uh, you know having your four-year-old in the, in the back while you're snorting fentanyl. Agreed. Tom Brady. Did you see his uh, did you see his subway commercial yesterday? No. So he's we did an it's okay it's not okay uh a couple months ago. I remember we were at a lightning game about Tom Brady and whether or not it was okay or not okay to endorse something that we know for a fact he would never 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 eat. Right. Well, they found a way to make it work because they have so detached him from Subway that I think it almost works. So the premise, I'm going to play the audio. The premise of this is that this is a Tom Brady fragrance commercial. And I guess the premise is that Subway had to buy time in a Tom Brady fragrance commercial for their new bread. Okay. Seductive. Irresistible. Yeah. Forbidden. Ready. The new fragrance that says Subway has so much new, it didn't fit in their last ad. So they bought time in mind to talk about hearty multigrain bread. Freshly baked. Smells so good, I can almost taste it. But you don't eat bread. <laughs> I mean, if you want to talk about a way to keep it legit... They are doing Genius. the best way ever. And have you seen the commercials where he like he comes up in the end and they like they like cut him off. He shows up in the commercial and they cut him off before he can even get a chance to say anything. Genius. So on their end and and on Tom's end, they really have uh, found a way to uh, to make it work where he endorses them without saying he's eating it and actually being honest that he never would. I love it. Uh, this is one of the first things I saw when I woke up this morning, and I would have bet you any amount of money that it was fake. An image of Joe Biden with a group of kids wearing pro-Trump gear is circulating on social media after his trip to Shanksville, Pennsylvania on Saturday to commemorate the 9-11 terrorist attacks. Two young girls standing to the right of the president, both wearing Trump hats. One was blue with the former president's logo, make a slogan, slogo. <laughs> I like Slogo better, Slogo's honestly. Slogo is great. with the slogan. It feels better. Uh, make America great again. And another right next door uh, with, with the words Trump in white. A third child to Biden's left. This is my favorite, actually. Uh, donning a red shirt with Trump's face on it uh, in Terminator fashion with the words, I'll be back, along with Trump's signature. It looks pretty real. <laughs> Biden took a picture with nine children at the Shanksville Volunteer Fire Department on Saturday where a hijacked plane headed towards Washington, D.C. crash in a field. The original image appears to be from a Facebook post, um, and it it's it supposedly completely legit. Some felt the picture of Biden with the kids um, claiming he was punked, while others say it was an obvious signal towards unity on the somber day in America. I... My first thought was I didn't think Joe got owned. I thought my first thought was he knew that, and I think it was I think it was actually a nice gesture. Yeah, that's yeah, what I think too. I, I, I'm, I find it hard to believe that even if he didn't know it, that there's not five people oh, yeah. around him that would have said something. And my honest opinion is that he probably had to be the one to say, "Let's do it." 
If somebody else, in, you know, that's his handler for the day says, hey, uh, Joe, these kids, they're they're all decked out in, in Trump gear. Oh, I well. can just see him saying, hey, let's take a we're, photo. We're in America, baby. Yep. That's all that matters. Today, we're all Americans. Uh, and sticking with oh, that. You'll get 140% oh, no. off, plus no interest Uh-oh. till 2020. You got something playing over there. Uh, we no, do it all. You got something playing over there. Not oh, me, though. Okay. Ooh, good thing you turned it off. Um, did you watch the opening of the games yesterday? Uh, no. So the NFL did something kind of cool yesterday where they did one singular opening for all the games. And they had one young lady whose father was killed in 9-11 uh, sing the national anthem. And then that same anthem played all around the, the league. Okay. Well, the opening video, it had me all teared up. I don't know if it was because I was hungover and in my feelings or what it was. But it was about a five-minute video that was narrated by Steve Buscemi, who, oh. if you didn't know, was um, a firefighter during the 9-11 attacks and spent days and weeks digging through the rubble. And it's five minutes, so I'm not going to play the whole thing. But at the two-minute mark, it pivots uh, to the day after a 9-11. And I thought I'd play a clip for you to wrap up the joints here. Please. As the weeks turned to months, we kept that spirit of unity alive showcase for the world to see on the biggest of American stages. We got up and we fought back together. It's 9-12 again. Today our country faces problems new and old and seems as divided as we've ever been. As a nation, at our lowest points, we as a people find a way to rise the highest. As we remember and honor the memory of 9-11, let's also never forget the lessons and spirit of 9-12. There is no problem we can't solve, no obstacle we can't overcome, no mountain we can't climb. Together. Hell yes, Steve Buscemi. Touching. And I'm all burnt up. Coming up next, two things. Number one, a transgender fighter in MMA beats the bloody hell out of a female. And I don't know if you saw this story about the uh, lady who set out on a cross-country road trip and hasn't been seen or heard oh, from from weeks. Yes. But her boyfriend showed up. Do you know she's from Northport? Yes, yes, yes. I actually had that. I didn't get to it. I'd love to dig into that because well, what the hell do you do when you're... And she's like Instagram famous kind of, or at least documented the whole thing on Instagram. And then the boyfriend shows up from a cross-country road trip without your daughter. And lawyered up. Yeah. We'll tell you what you do next on Drew Garabo Live. Medi Weight Loss, the medically supervised program that keeps you accountable and keeps you losing weight. The average patient loses 6 to 10 pounds in that first week. And when you get that little bit of extra weight off, that alone can be so motivating. It lets you know when you stick to the plan, you're going to get results. And Medi Weight Loss wants to give bone listeners a free assessment so you can start that journey ASAP. Go to startmedi.com slash 1025. That's startmedi.com slash 1025. They've got locations in South Tampa, Brandon, Lutz, and Clearwater. So hopefully there's one near you. They do accept some insurances. So when you give them a call or you meet with them, make sure they find out if they accept yours. You can also call 877-MED-LOSS and let them know. You heard John Senning talking about it on Drew Garabo Live. It's Drew Garabo live on 102.5 The Bone.